I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right. Hello, hello, everyone. Today, I'm joined with my good friend, Luke Moody. And my lovely wife, Sherry Ann, otherwise known as Sherry. She does a lot behind the scenes, including... Our food account, she's our head baker over at Notice Foods on Instagram and YouTube. Her and Chef Norman answer food questions for people. It's supposed to only be about like how to cook foods, how to bake foods, how to change ingredients, but a lot of people do ask them like food chemistry questions, which they're not supposed to know. But if you do have questions about how to cook gluten-free, how to bake gluten-free or without oil, or how to make basically any dish healthier, proper cooking temperatures and all that, you can message us at Notice Foods on Instagram. And of course, we do have a cookbook as well, Dr. Wallach's Cooking Without the Bad Foods. Very proud of that book. We did a big update on it earlier this year. So now you get even more for your money. That's on Amazon and you can find it on my website. We have a whole bunch of audience questions we can never really get to all the questions on Instagram. We do Q&As on the story at least three times a week, but very rarely do we get to every single question. So I save them up. They're health questions, by the way, we're in the health business. My main job here is just to explain things to people, to do consultations with people about their health, giving them recommendations. And yeah, we do these story broadcasts. It's a very important part of what we do because all of this starts with information. And we used to have a whole bunch of these episodes up on the old podcast, but of course, Spotify took us down off of every platform because they own the publisher that I used. And now we're here on Notice and Friends 2.0. This is the first Q&A episode. Both Luke and Sherry have a whole bunch of questions and help me uh, clarify things. Sometimes I think things make sense, but they, they might not to someone who's fresh. And I also have a few testimonials saved here. I'll read them as well. Very quickly, before we jump in, you can find all of the links to all of our channels and what we do on Instagram and YouTube and so on. You can find all of that on my website, noticebooks.org. Notice is spelled not us, so that's notusbooks.org. You can also find the books that I've written and helped publish. Most of them are about health. And the free audiobook versions are there as well in the audiobook section 
on notusbooks.org. Once again, those audiobooks used to be here on the podcast until it was deleted. I will upload them to the new version here. So stay tuned for that. But right now, they're on my website, notusbooks.org, in the audiobook section for free, the YouTube version. Okay, and before we get to the questions, I have three testimonials that I saved here from email that came in recently. I just don't have anywhere else to put them, so I want to read them here. This one, I believe, is from a young man. Usually, we crop out all the details when we look to post something, and these were actually just sent by Catherine, who helps a lot in the Wallach's Warriors DM, the inbox on Instagram. So she sent these from Instagram. So there's no context here. I don't know who these people are, how much they weigh, what exact products they took, and what doses. But if they were following our recommendations, I assume they had their bases covered because this one says, I've got a story for you sometime. I reversed my stepbrother's stage four colon cancer with all 90 essential nutrients. He just said all 90 and using colloidal trace mineral drops at a double dose for five weeks. Well, I think those uh, colloidal trace mineral drops would be superfluous. I think he'd be getting more than enough of that in a regular program. But nonetheless, his oncologist, his cancer doctor, reported a 30-point drop after three weeks, and two weeks later, another 20-point drop. I don't know exactly what they're looking at there, what that point means, but hey, they got a drop. It sounds good. The 68-year-old oncologist canceled the surgery that was an 8-inch colon removal and told him, you are basically cancer-free, in quotes. A few days later, the oncologist went out and bought all the supplements I had recommended my stepbrother to take and started taking them. That's something I don't hear very often. Often the doctor is just like, oh, good, congratulations, keep doing what you're doing. But they're not actually interested in learning about whatever reversed their problem. But this is great. The oncologist went out and bought the supplements. His story of changes is good as well. Basically converted a senior oncologist. Well, congratulations, young man. I don't know how young he is or anything. I don't remember. But good little story there. I'm not allowed to claim that you can reverse your cancer, but it is absolutely possible to reverse cancer. In most cases, these people tend to do more than one thing. Like he said here, he gave him all the 90 and colloidal trace mineral drops. That's all he told me. But usually when people start to do something positive for especially something serious like cancer, they don't just make one change. They make a whole bunch of changes. So I hope they didn't just take the supplements. But if they just did, then that's amazing here. Really good result. But you will get better results if you do other stuff as well, such as not eat processed foods, right? Eat real foods, stay hydrated, lower your stress. In my book, Fake Diseases, once again, all my books are on notusbooks.org. In my book, Fake Diseases, in the cancer chapter, I go into a whole bunch of other things that I would do beyond nutrition and beyond supplements even though there is a lot to say about a whole bunch of different nutrients and non-nutrient supplements that can have some effect on cancer, that stuff is pretty easy, all things considered. It takes a few minutes a day to supplement. It's not a big deal. Really, all it requires is buying them and taking them. But all the rest of the stuff is what you can do with the rest of your day. A lot of that has to do with stress. Some of it has to do with circulation, promoting your body's circulation, moving fluids around blood and lymph, getting away from EMF, and I'm not going to go into all of that. If you would like to see that, check the book, Fake Diseases in the Cancer Chapter. And okay, guys. Hey, how are you? Hey. Thanks for sticking around through the intro. You guys Dude, have a bunch of questions there. 
Yes, I do. Um, hi, Sherry. Hi, Ryan. Hey. Uh, uh, since we're talking about your first protocol was about cancer, someone on our DMs has asked any protocols on uh, kidney cancer. Protocol to make kidney tumors disappear. I don't actually have a cancer protocol. I don't like having a one-size-fits-all approach to this because cancer, as I explained in Fake Diseases, cancer chapter isn't the first chapter. It's like halfway into the book because cancer is a result of multiple small problems. It's not one thing on its own. I recently did a talk with um, Dr. Wallach about smoking tobacco because he's a pathologist, so I wanted to get his input on smoking itself and cancer specifically. And in it, he talked about how cancers have to have more than one factor, and one of them is an antagonist. So in the case of liver and kidney, we're talking about liver and kidney cancer, there's a well-known cause of many of these cancers, and that's aspergillus bread mold. Bread mold grows on bread, grows on peanuts, beans, legumes, anything that grows on a ground and is stored in, in big barrels and silos, it is prone to getting aspergillus mold. Even tree nuts could get aspergillus mold if they're stored improperly or processed improperly. But peanuts and bread would be the most common sources for everyday people. And Dr. Wallach blames this on liver cancer in humans. It's been established in, in bears and other animals as well. Laboratory studies in bears in captivity, they're all dying of liver cancer until they figured out the aspergillus problem. And kidneys is a similar thing. It's a similar organ. It's on a different part of the body, but they both take toxins out and stuff like that. And they're both prone to getting aspergillus-based cancers. So that's one thing. You've got an antagonist. Two things, for sure, you're going to have multiple nutrient deficiencies. There's many different studies on individual nutrients, and you can easily get lost in the forest when you're looking at individual nutrients. And I've been doing this a lot recently, just diving into individual nutrients, and you see so much overlap and so many different nutrients that get effects um, on cancer. I have a book right in front of me that I've been going through. Uh, there's cancer effects with vitamin D, there's cancer effects with vitamin C, there's anti-cancer, I should say, effects with selenium and vitamin E, and the list actually goes on and on. So when you add all this up, we're very confident that there's multiple nutrient deficiencies, especially all of the ones that you hear normally talked about for the immune system are likely to be very low, especially vitamin C, selenium, vitamin D, zinc, all the fatty nutrients in general, vitamins D, E, A, and K, the omegas, cholesterol even, all of these are likely to be lacking or they're being blocked from absorption from a digestion problem or from a drug. And those are the most important nutrients for the immune system. There's tons of others. There's at least 90 essential nutrients. We could go on and on, but I don't have a one size fits all program. At the very minimum, we recommend doing all of the things that we normally recommend anyone do. But sometimes people come to us and they say, hey, I have Crohn's disease or I have diverticulitis or irritable bowel syndrome. And I can honestly say that just by doing the digestion protocol, those problems will probably go away. It is a one size fits all thing. You get rid of the greens that are messing up the guts. You add more probiotics. You use enough salt to make stomach acid. A couple more things you can use. It's optional. You can use diatomaceous earth to clear the system out as well. It's a very basic thing that anyone can do. 
and they probably will get rid of a huge list of problems from that. They can start losing weight right away. Skin can clear up. Hormones can get better. Menstruation can, can get better. Uh, hair and nails, eyesight. This is quick. This stuff can happen by clearing out the digestion system. You can get a blood sugar result. You can definitely clear an actual digestion disease. Again, Crohn's diverticulitis, IBS. You can definitely fix that by stopping the problem, which is using digestion protocol. It might not happen in one month, but keep following it and the disease symptoms should go away. I'm just saying that because that's not true with cancer. Cancer can have multiple impacts. Stress is one of the big ones. It's one of the overlooked ones in the general population. All the books you'll read about cancer, whether they're mainstream or alternative, will talk about stress at some point, including both of my main health books, uh, Fake Diseases and Everything You Should Know About Healthy Blood Sugar. They both have stress chapters because stress is absolutely not just linked with diseases themselves, but linked with specific processes that can cause uh, disease domino effect, especially, you know, overworking the adrenals, exhausting the adrenals. You know, when you're pumping out stress hormone, your blood sugar goes up as well. That causes more problems. Now your body releases more insulin to deal with that. This can actually poison you on and on. Dom domino effect throughout the whole body. Your blood pressure can be thrown off all this stuff. Your blood pressure is changed when you have stress response and you could be having the stress response all the time. Of course, processed foods, once again, huge bodies of research with all kinds of different foods. We pick out a handful of them. We tell everyone to avoid them. But what I was getting at with the Crohn's thing before is it's true that if they only do part of our message, they will probably fix their problem, right? If they have Crohn's disease, I know I'm going a bit long here, but cancer is a huge topic. So I'm summing it up as quickly as possible. If somebody has just a digestion problem, it's true that just getting rid of the grains, just doing the digestion protocol will probably fix the problem. It's not true with cancer. If you only take half of the message, I don't know if the other half is going to kill you, right? Gluten and the grains are on our list for screwing up the digestion system. The rest of them are on there for screwing up the body more fundamentally, damaging cells, damaging DNA, free radical damage, basically. That's the reason we need antioxidants is to deal with these free radical particles, free oxygen radical particles. That's why we need antioxidant to neutralize them. We're always producing free radicals in our body all the time. So just a regular low-grade antioxidant deficiency in our diet, especially from eating processed foods, causes constant low-grade damage in the body that will add up until systems fail, until veins harden up and clog up, et cetera, et cetera. And cancer, even though it can happen in kids, it usually doesn't, it usually happens later. Whether it's kids or adults, there will be severe nutrient deficiencies and very likely some antagonist. If there is no antagonist, then it's just catastrophic nutrient deficiencies, and that one's very easy to correct. But we all live in this modern world. Hospitals are one of the highest EMF zones that there is. So as soon as you start getting into treatment, you're giving yourself even more EMF, electromagnetic frequencies, and positive ions that also disrupt our cells at the basic fundamental level. We're electrical beings, by the way. A whole bunch of these nutrients are electrical in nature. You know, they interact with our body on an electrical basis. We fire nerve impulses and stuff on an electrical basis, an electrolyte exchange or an ion exchange in the body with uh, one of the electrolytes, you know, calcium, magnesium, potassium, sodium, all these things are facilitating nerve transactions in our body. All of these things are electrical and we live in a world of electrical interference. So... I'm saying that most, if not all, modern cancers are a combination of all of these things. 
being raised on processed foods, even partially processed foods, even families that eat 85% natural foods, 15% of your foods from processed foods each week is going to add up to serious damage over time. And you could have a serious gluten intolerance or something where just eating one little bit causes a massive immune response. And actually, I think that the less you eat overall, when you do eat it, you do have a more severe reaction. Dr. Stephen Gundry talks about how the gut flora changes when you change from a processed diet to a healthier diet, and your new gut flora will actually be more sensitive to the bad stuff when you do put it in. So maybe you were able to eat junk food all your life, you didn't really have a problem, but you started eating good organic food now, real food, and now you can't tolerate a couple of chips, it'll hurt your stomach, or a, a piece of gluten, little piece of gluten, oh, just once in a while it won't hurt, but it might actually really hurt. Anyways, I'm saying, whether they're a completely processed food child or adult, or 80% doesn't matter, it's guaranteed that that processed food is part of the problem. It's guaranteed that there's nutrient deficiencies widespread. We don't need to guess which ones they are. There's probably other deficiencies such as probiotics. There probably is a digestion problem there. Yeah, right, there's three, four, five, six legs to this table. Picture it as a table. You take one leg out, you're probably not going to get cancer. If you're just nutrient deficient, you'll probably get some other symptoms way before you get something called cancer. To have cancer, you need a few of those legs knocked out or all of them and the table collapses. So processed foods, nutrient deficiencies, both of those things cause blood sugar problems, blood pressure problems, blood cholesterol problems, and so on. So now multiple systems in the body are off. Your hormone producing systems might be off because of these nutrient deficiencies and processed foods. Well, now in reality, you've got four or five different problems, even if they have the same root. Too much bad foods, not enough nutrients. And then you add in the environmental antagonists that we have. I mentioned EMF. That is what's starting to become well-known as a major antagonist and perhaps the most major carcinogen in our environment is EMF, preventing our cells from operating properly. And we're all surrounded by it. The average person has a phone in their pocket, Bluetooth headphones, a car that gives out both Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and all the all these other signals, radio signals, all the stuff. They're really living in a in a furnace when it comes to EMF. And of course, again, these other things, bread molds, food dyes, you know, various preservatives and other things that don't even show up on the label. A lot of them, when they're studied individually, don't show much effect unless they give really high doses to rats and mice and rabbits and stuff. But the combined intake of multiple different preservatives, multiple different pesticides, multiple different unknown chemicals that are used to just, you know, flatten out the texture of foods and stuff like that. All this stuff combines to a massively overburdened body full of toxins, not enough nutrients and so on. And yeah, being burdened by EMF. Now, kidneys, I'm, I'm almost done. <laughs> you talked, cancer was the first question here. I'm sorry, guys. Kidneys, we usually see kidney problems as circulation problems, meaning they're not actually a kidney problem. Kidneys are full of tiny little veins. So are the eyes, so are the extremities, right? Your veins start big at the heart and they get smaller and smaller as they branch out. Literally like a tree branch, it gets smaller and smaller as it branches out further from the center. And so these organs, these eyes, kidneys, again, your extremities, these are full of these tiny, tiny little veins and micro veins. And they get clogged up easily. First of all, if you're eating processed foods, if you have nutrient deficiencies, the vein walls harden up and they can clog up with cholesterol and calcium deposits and stuff. And so we usually see kidney problems as a circulation problem. You can improve circulation in your own body 
everything we just mentioned, get off processed foods, get on the 90 essential nutrients, get away from EMF as much as possible. And you can do circulation exercises. It's not just regular exercise. You're specifically moving the lymph around. You can do regular exercises as well, weight training and stuff, but swimming is going to be better than that. Using a swing set is even better. I usually recommend 20 to 40 minutes a day as a serious therapeutic dose. And this is someone with any cancer. I actually recommend this. I talk about this in fake diseases that you want to move the blood around. You want to move the lymph around, let it break up whatever crud is in there. It's just, it's good for the body. Numerous studies show it's good for the body and lack of exercise is linked to all sorts of different diseases, but I'm not talking about, you know, bodybuilding and I'm not talking about, you know, Olympic training and you don't need to do triathlons or marathons. You don't need to run at all. You just need to move the fluids around to get this benefit. And yeah, swing set where you go all the way up. So you feel that whooshing feeling when you're coming down or like the feeling where you're driving really fast down a hill or you're in a roller coaster. You get that same feeling on the swing set. That's all the fluid in your body moving around in that weightless state. You can also get a rebounder. It's a small trampoline. There's whole books written about how rebounding helps so many different diseases, right? Almost everything that you've ever heard in conjunction with exercise, like where any study comes out and says exercise helped with this problem, tons of them, tons of different problems. You will probably find evidence of the exact same benefit just using circulation exercises in most cases, especially a rebounder. It's one of the most efficient ways to do it. Literally just jump up and down, up and down, up and down 20 to 40 minutes a day. If you have a serious circulation problem, be it a kidney problem, gangrene, edema, being overweight in general, it should help your body in general, especially with serious problems. Rebounder, there's machines that can do this, especially a shaker machine or a rumble pad, they are sometimes called, but I don't like the pad version. I like the one that has handles that you can hold on to and that has multiple different settings. You'll notice that people with serious circulation problems might be in pain from some of these things and they have to start small and work their way up. The next one is a chi machine, and I'm pretty much done here. Shaker machine and chi machine, those two things you need to buy. You can use swing sets in public, and you can buy a small rebounder pretty cheap too. A chi machine, CHI, they're very cheap. You can pick one up for 50 bucks, but probably 100, 150 bucks is going to be a better model. You can buy them all over Amazon, eBay, and they just shake your legs gently back and forth in a rhythmic motion. And when you stand up, it feels like you've been on a boat, on a small boat all day fishing or something. You know, you get on the dock, you feel all wobbly. Well, that's what it does just from 10 minutes laying down with it, with your legs in the cradle, it rocks them back and forth. It's an excellent circulation exercise as well. Again, shaker machine too. And this is basically the end of the list, but I would go overboard. You know, I'll wrap this up by saying I made a, a budget mega support pack recently. It's budget because I wanted it to be under 300 bucks and it is. It's mega because it has seven products in it, which is pretty overboard. But even then, we could go heavier. And it's called a support pack because we can't treat cancer, right? But what we can do is support the body. And calling this a mega support pack means I'm, I'm trying real hard to support the body here. Again, we could add more things. I don't have vitamin D in here. That could be done aside. We could boost the doses. There's a couple more products that I might want to add. But when I went through this with Dr. Wallach, he said that's a great combination. These seven products as a general recommendation to cover most of the bases for people with serious problems. And this actually isn't too far from what I take myself. So we've got a calcium product in here, Cal Toddy, quick as I can here. It's got calcium, magnesium, and its cofactors. Calcium is the main nutrient that we need to be alkaline. 
everybody knows these days, I put knows in quotes there, everybody knows these days that cancer cannot live in an alkaline environment. So calcium is the main nutrient that makes your body alkaline. All the electrolytes have a role, including the B vitamins and magnesium and potassium, but calcium is the top of the list. And it's, in my opinion, the biggest deficiency in our food supply. Next, I've got a bottle of plain plant-derived minerals. There's other ingredients in the Kaltati, by the way. I'm just not going through a full description. Then there's more plain plant-derived minerals. Some of that is in the Kaltati, but I wanted more. Just plain plant-derived colloidal minerals. Not going into too much detail, but many of them do have anti-cancer effects, especially selenium and lithium, actually. Next, I've got a product called Glucogel Plus, which is basically connective tissue support. And it's not for the skin. It's not for the veins. It's for the bone marrow because the same nutrients that you need for your healthy skin, hair, nails, all that, and all the connective tissue inside of you that holds all the organs together and everything holds veins together, connective tissue also makes bone marrow and bone marrow is where your blood cells are made and where your stem cells are made and other immune factors are made in the bone marrow. So I added that in there because I want to support the bone marrow and they work with these minerals and stuff and vitamin D too, but that was the product I chose to support bone marrow. Next, I've got a microbiome product in here. It's called Ultimate Microbiome. It's my favorite overall digestion product. Lots of evidence about probiotics and digestion health in general contributing to cancers. And of course, this testimonial we read to start this off with was a, a colon cancer case. So absolutely, I'd be wanting to clean up the colon environment, assuming that with the proper colonies of good bacteria back there, that it won't be a toxic environment. That's the colon. That's the the rectum, that's the prostate, all of this is jammed up there, the bladder, the penis and testicles, all this is connected to the end of the digestion system. So anytime, especially when there's cancers in those cases, I want to hit that. But I put this in my general pack here that I recommend to people with serious problems, because I bet any cancer is going to have something to do with the gut microbiome. And most people that come to us already do chemotherapy. They've already done it. Or they're going to do it anyways. They put, they're like, look, I just got diagnosed. I am scheduled to do these. I am going to do the chemotherapy, but I also want to support myself. Well, the chemotherapy is going to destroy the guts and be very hard on the stomach. So we, we definitely want to fortify that, especially for people on chemotherapy. Next, I've got tangy tangerine tablets. That's the vitamins mostly, but there's also incredible antioxidant counts in this product. So that's the main reason for it. It does fill in the vitamins, but it's got the crazy antioxidant counts. Next, I've got extra selenium. Selenium is just key. It's a key anti-cancer nutrient. It's a key nutrient for all glands. You asked about kidney. All the glands, all the organs, liver, kidney, heart, prostate, testicles, ovaries, thyroid, pituitary, pineal, all the glands are all fat. They're all made of fat. They're fatty organs. So all the fatty nutrients are key there, especially selenium. If there's a liver problem, it needs selenium liver cirrhosis, liver cancer, fatty liver, all this stuff is going to be selenium deficient. Selenium deficiency is going to be involved. And I bet it's the same with the kidney as well. Anytime there's a problem in any organ and anytime you get a big, crazy thing like cancer, I want to boost the selenium. I already boost the selenium myself in, in my regular life. I don't have cancer. It's a great idea to be on a strong baseline of selenium, especially if you live in a place like I do up on the Canadian Shield that has extremely low, basically barren selenium content. And lastly, I put an omega-3 product in here, our Prohoba Omega. Omega-3 is one of those key fats as well, critical for all organs, all glands, all fatty tissues, all soft tissues. Omega-3 is just absolutely key. So I'm hoping that this uh, 
And I've been getting good results with it too. And I'm hoping that this covers almost every base. As I mentioned, it doesn't have vitamin D in it and whatnot. But yeah, I'm pretty much done. That was a huge cancer feel here that we went into. But you're talking about kidney cancer. Kidney cancer is serious. I don't have a protocol. What we do have is our normal protocol. And people with serious problems should not underestimate our normal protocol. They should do it to the letter. They should avoid all the bad foods, not just the few they think would be the most convenient or that would benefit them the most. Get rid of all the bad foods. And by the way, anyone listening, if you want these lists and all this information, contact us. Contact us on Instagram or email me. That information is in the description of this podcast. You can email me. We'll give you a questionnaire. And based on your answers, we'll give you our recommendation. There's no obligations or anything. You don't have to buy anything. We will make a commission if you do buy something, but the information is free. And we always give out our food recommendations, our food blurbs, salt blurbs, and a product recommendation as well. If you want that, just just reach out to us. And Luke, Sherry, sorry for going on, but that, that was it. Kidneys, cancer, any cancer should be taken seriously. You should do everything on the list and more. Well, I do have a follow-up question really quick. You said that basically something, uh, many things have to go wrong in order for somebody to get cancer. But um, many people who are very healthy actually get cancer. How do you explain that? Well, you guys know from our Instagram, we have a very, very healthy audience, an extremely health-conscious audience. You would never meet that many healthy people in a row if you just went out in your local town or your local neighborhood. You'd never find that many health people altogether. We have such a huge portion of people who eat organic and they've, you know, never vaccinated their children. Like they're serious. They're more serious than I am. They're watching out for preservatives and all kinds of things. They're eating super clean and they're still coming to us with a health problem. This is the point here. They're still coming to us with a health problem because it doesn't matter what you eat in this food supply. You're going to be critically deficient in some nutrients at least. If you're extremely careful, you can get enough vitamins, essential fatty acids or omegas, different words, same thing, and um, amino acids. Amino acids are pretty easy to get in food. As long as you're eating enough food in general, you'll probably be getting amino acids. Really, the only people who are at risk for protein deficiency or amino acid deficiency, because amino acids make proteins. Proteins are made of amino acids. Really, the only people at risk for that deficiency are old people who are not eating very much especially if they're on a drug that lowers their stomach acid and chemotherapy patients, once again, that usually have their appetite destroyed by the chemotherapy. So they're not eating much. So they're at risk for protein deficiency. But anyways, that's one third of the essential nutrients is vitamins, amino acids, and omegas. If you're very careful, and it's not easy to do this, it's not easy to get enough omega-3, for example, especially in relation to omega-6, so it's very, very tough for us to get enough omega-3 in our diet, for example. But just hypothetically, you can get one-third reliably in our food supply. But when it comes to cancers, not just vitamins are involved. There are many vitamin deficiencies linked to cancers. But we're really talking about the minerals, especially selenium and calcium would be the top of my list of the most critical common deficiencies, regardless of what you eat. And... We're a meat-eating culture in general, even the healthy people, especially now that carnivore, keto, paleo has gotten really in fad. The more meat and organs we eat, the more calcium we need. So we already said, if you're calcium deficient, you're going to be acidic, slightly acidic. So everybody knows, once again, that's the type of internal environment that allows cancer to thrive. So 
calcium deficiency, I already said, I do believe it is the most critical nutrient deficiency and it doesn't matter what you eat. Everybody's at risk for being deficient in calcium and selenium, but calcium especially. There is literally nothing physically that you can eat that will give you enough calcium. Some people think they could eat eggshells and get enough calcium. I promise you, you can't. I recommended this before to people who said for whatever reason, they're not going to be able to buy the supplements. What's the next best thing? My guess was eggshells, especially dissolved in vinegar, but it doesn't appear that they can absorb them because it doesn't seem to matter how many they consume. Their arthritis doesn't go away. Their bone density doesn't go up. Cramps and twitching don't go away. All the symptoms of calcium deficiency don't change. So... Yeah. Okay. Your question was, well, why do healthy people get cancer too? Because yeah, even people yeah, that are I, watching out. I just, I, I do want to point out, I know, I know we all have a different idea, idea of what healthy is. That's why your program is a little bit different just because you do point out the oils and basically the grains and all that. So yeah, obviously um, we know that many people that think they're healthy, they're probably consuming something that they're not supposed to be consuming, but still like cancer is a huge thing. But if they're doing a lot of the things they're supposed to be doing, why are they getting cancer? Is it because they're just consuming those small amounts of things they're not supposed to be consuming? Or is it just a deficiency thing? No, I would say there's another antagonist in there. And the most likely antagonist to me is EMF. So I've said it many times that I'm in both businesses simultaneously, the nutrition business and the anti-EMF business. They're totally separate businesses and they're totally separate worlds within the alternative health community. There's almost no overlap. In general, nutrition people don't take EMF seriously. And also in general, people who are more like energy based, people who are really into frequencies and EMF, they typically believe that you can get everything you need just by eating real food. They're naturalists, we would call them, right? So people in either camp don't take the other camp seriously. And I am happen to be in both businesses. I happen to have one foot in both sides of this alternative health world. And I see it all the time. Totally healthy people jogging with Bluetooth headphones on. Well, that's not healthy. You're working out your muscles while you're damaging your entire system. You're overburdening your entire system. People keep these devices in their bras. People are wearing them on their wrist, right? These smart watches they've almost always got a phone in their pocket in their jacket in their purse which all constitutes basically touching the skin it's if it's less than a foot away from you it's basically the same as touching your skin it's not totally true there is actually a effect that falls way off the more distance you have from it so distance is your friend when it comes to emf but more or less we have our devices on our body all the time and we're constantly in buildings and houses and apartments with Wi-Fi in it, not just our own Wi-Fi, our neighbor's Wi-Fi. We're all hooked up to power lines of some sort. That's all leaking dirty electricity. We're bathed in this. So on the other hand of things, and this, I don't really like to get into this side because it makes people feel helpless, but you should be aware that it's not just about what you eat. There are other antagonists to your body, just like you, you need to move your body and exercise somewhat at least to be healthy, you also need to avoid this constant stress on your body. These are non-nutritional things that you must do in order to be 100% healthy. And there's a ton of very healthy people otherwise who do absolutely nothing to reduce their EMF exposure. Nothing. They sit on computers and phones, even their smart TVs these days and other smart devices in the house, maybe even your thermostat, right? your smart meter, maybe even your ring doorbell, right? It's got a camera on it. 
goes right to your phone. Well, it doesn't just go right to your phone. It sends out Bluetooth signals that bathe the entire area looking for a phone and or other devices that it can connect to. Again, the car is doing this as well. It's all throughout the house. So talking about people who, who look healthy or who eat healthy does not mean that they're avoiding this fundamental stress. And by the way, these other factors in our food supply, they are getting worse, but marginally. Our soils are already barren deficient. That's why they rely on nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium fertilizer. There's no significant mineral stores in the topsoils on any of our topsoils anymore. So that's not becoming catastrophically worse year over year. It's already bad and it's just getting a little bit more bad. Our food supply, if you eat processed foods, it's already full of chemicals. It can't get that much worse. If anything, it's getting better because we continue to learn about things and things get banned. Like uh, recently trans fats were banned in foods. This is a good thing. So it's not actually getting catastrophically worse. If you eat processed foods, in fact, it's getting slightly better. But EMF just keeps getting worse. Oh, and the meat industries too, by the way, right? We all, we all know that lots of different antibiotics and, and growth hormones and stuff have been banned in livestock. So that's a good thing. Food supply is getting marginally better, actually. What's not getting better is EMF. EMF is getting worse and worse. Our devices are getting more and more powerful. Our cars are getting newer and newer and more and more loaded up with tech. Not even just our cars. People sit in Ubers. People sit in workplaces. You can't buy food anywhere without being bombarded with these Wi-Fi signals and other forms of electrical interference, fluorescent lights, LED lights, all, all this stuff. It just adds up to a bombardment of electrical energies and conflicting with our own bodies. So yeah, why do healthy people get sick? can't get enough nutrients in your food. You can't get enough minerals in your food at the very least. You'll have a very tough time getting all the proper ratios of everything in any food supply. And most healthy people, to my experience, don't pay attention to EMF at all. Taking vitamins, though, can help, basically. If you're, for example, you live in an EMF environment and um, you're taking the supplements like the 90 essential nutrients, you're eating the right foods, can it help, though? in order for you not to get like um, poisoned by EMF? There's some evidence here. Again, in the book that's in front of me, I, I made a podcast about it recently. It's called uh, Nutrition and Vitamin Therapy. Now I've just been going through and taking some of those important points out and putting them into a book that I've been compiling for many years that's like a textbook about all these 90th century nutrients. And I actually can't remember which nutrient it was. I think it was vitamin K, where it was talking about in here, uh, helps reduce the toxicity of x-rays. You can listen to that podcast because I do mention it. But yeah, there's sporadic evidence here and there of certain nutrients. And I do believe it is the fatty nutrients in vitamin C. So DEA and K and C. The fatty ones are DEEK, DEA and K. I believe it's those off the top of my head that show at least some reduction in harm from EMF, some reduction, especially in the, the oxidation part of it. Because just like free radicals, which are unstable molecules because they've been oxidized. So an electron's been stolen from them or they have an extra electron and now they're an unstable particle. And so those free radicals that are always produced in our body, but we get more of them in processed foods and car exhaust and stuff. But we produce them anytime we expend energy. Our cells burn sugar basically and produce free radicals in the process. And they're produced other places in the body. So we constantly need antioxidants to come and clean them up. And I'm just saying that it's not only food and free radicals that damage our cells and stuff like that, but or that oxidize other cells because one unstable particle goes and it interacts with uh, one of your blood cells or something, steals an electron from that. Now that becomes a free radical. It's a chain reaction. 
So molecules become unstable in this chain reaction, and that's why we need antioxidants to stop that reaction. And that's why we produce antioxidants in our own body to stop that reaction. But that can also happen from EMF. The EMF can actually also damage the cells and damage the electron balance, basically. And so it can cause free radical damage. So yes, in a backdoor way here, trying to explain this, vitamin C, especially vitamin E as well, these are antioxidants. So they should be cleaning up some of this damage or stopping it before it happens, whether it's from EMF or food. Ryan, um, I have an interesting question here. Waking up, not being able to breathe, what what causes this? Not knowing any uh, context makes it kind of hard to guess on some of these ones. This is why we get people to message us or email us so we can give them the questionnaire because their age here is going to matter for me. If they've had an injury, that's going to matter for me because it could be a pinched nerve in the back. This could be from a posture problem. Posture problems are widespread. doesn't matter your age. could be from osteoporosis in the back, much more likely if they're an older person, or scoliosis or something like that. All the same deficiency category, but could be pinching a nerve or it could have been an injury of some kind pinching a nerve. And that could be if they have heart palpitations when they're laying down too, or they find it difficult to breathe when they're laying down, or they're having stomach pains when they're laying down, something like that. I'd be looking at a pinched nerve in the back. Could also be something to do with their sleeping environment, right? Again, there's not a lot of context here. Is it only when they wake up that they're having trouble breathing, or they're having trouble breathing generally throughout the day, but it's a bit worse at night or something like that? It's summer right now in the Northern Hemisphere. Most of these questions will be from the Northern Hemisphere. A lot of people in the summer, they're sleeping with air conditioning on and the windows closed. That's going to be filling all the rooms with positive ions, which they're the opposite of negative ions. Negative ions are the ones that are said to help our lungs and help our cells in general. That's the good energies, negative ions. That's the electrical ions that are produced uh, in forests and uh, in on beaches, sand and water, moving water mountains these are all full of negative ions these are healthy places because they have healthy energy our devices and all this stuff air conditioning central heating all this stuff produces positive ions so it floods our environment with positive ions it could be that i'm not sure exactly what it is but it might have something to do with the sleeping environment the phone might be by the head as well emf is linked to asthma as well by the way it stops all of our cells from working properly at least to some degree, and that could be lungs as well. It's just, it's commonly reported, and it's commonly reported that negative ions help people breathe, especially in salt lamps and stuff like that, that are generating negative ions. So that would be my first guess, it would be something to do with the sleeping environment, or if they have a general lung problem, and it's just worse at night, gotta clean up the diet, especially get rid of the gluten, so you can absorb the fatty nutrients. Those fatty nutrients, mentioned them earlier for the immune system, those are also key to all soft tissue health, we were talking about the glands earlier in the organs, you know, all the fatty nutrients are involved in all the glands. They're also involved in the lungs. The lungs is soft tissue and it needs these steroid nutrients that are made out of fat and cholesterol it needs these steroids to dilate the bronchi. So I don't know. Is their uh, room just not well ventilated? Is it being pumped with positive ions? Do they have electronic devices in the bedroom? Even a, a clock, just a digital clock beside your bed actually gives out a fairly enormous amount of EMF. You wouldn't suspect it. Even a regular lamp, you could have a lamp right beside your head. You can have an outlet right behind your head. Not notice it. Move the bed away from the outlet. Could be any of these things. If they haven't cleaned up their diet yet, we would start there. Get rid of the glutens. Get on a baseline of the 90th century nutrients. Eat lots of eggs because those are the number one 
general source of these main fatty nutrient steroid components. So your two main things here are going gluten-free and eating lots of eggs. And we would always recommend being on a 90, at least a baseline dose. And we don't know which one is actually going to work here because I don't have that much information. I don't know exactly what's going on, but we'd always start with the basics and hope it improved anyways. And if you're still having trouble breathing at night, then you want to look at the environment that you're sleeping in. So I've uh, I've heard of this before from an old acquaintance of mine, and they used to have this issue for about a solid year where their body, they felt like that their body felt completely asleep, where they would just their i guess their brain reaction to their lungs would just stop breathing and then they'd wake up gasping for air i'm assuming that would be a nutrient deficiency as well right your brain's not telling your lungs that you should breathe while you're sleeping that's pretty scary right so they'd wake up feeling like they're suffocating yeah same thing i i would suspect there's multiple nutrient deficiencies in there and, and i should mention that when we lived across from a cell phone tower i would wake up and coughing fits all the time and we moved and it just stopped happening. Nice. Okay. Um, I have another one here. What is our protocol for toe and nail fungus? This one's easier because I did recently make a video about this. It's uh, not very long. It's called the Candida Fungus Protocol. It's on the Wallach Warriors YouTube. And I will put that in the description of this podcast as well. So you should just watch the the protocol. The protocol is made mostly for candida. It's very extreme because of candida. Candida is harder to kill than toenail fungus. Fungus is a problem. It's a big problem. It's not just a topical problem and it doesn't start on the outside. It starts on the inside. That's why creams don't usually work. At best, they'll keep it at bay for a while, but it's dietary changes that stop it from happening. Sugar feeds candida and fungus, yeast and mold. Sugar feeds all that stuff. So your main thing to get rid of is processed sugar. The candida protocol on the video, it's way more strict. It's almost no carb. It's as low carb as you can possibly go. That's including rice and, and pasta and all, all that stuff too, even if it's gluten-free. That's because candida is harder to kill. But fungus, if you just get rid of processed foods and gluten, everyone should get rid of gluten anyways. You just get rid of those two. That should probably work over time. But in the candida protocol, I do have three products that I recommend. I already talked about the ultimate microbiome product earlier. That's in my uh, mega pack, mega support pack. It's also in the candida pack. It's also in my digestion packs too. Microbiome is a really great product. It's not just probiotics and enzymes. It's also got this hyperimmune egg powder in it. Not going to go totally into it. In the candida pack, again, talked about in the video, it's also got two other products. One of them is colloidal silver. Colloidal silver is known to be antimicrobial, antifungal, antibacterial, anti-everything bad. Colloidal silver is just magic at killing bad stuff. So we want to put that in the body. And I put another product in there as well. It's a herbal tincture. And there's many tinctures out there that are made with known antimicrobial plants. I picked my favorite one. I picked another one for Australia because that first one wasn't available in Australia. It doesn't matter. It's an antimicrobial tincture. So those three products support the microbiome and attack. The other two products are to attack whatever bad is in the body. And that's pretty much it. In the video, I do talk about diatomaceous earth as well. It's just something I always like to use. And let me take this opportunity then to read one more of these testimonials. I got three of them here. Ryan, can I just ask you one thing about this as well? Do you suggest also fasting as well with this? Like, could this help get rid of the toxins out of the body? Yeah. Anytime you're doing the digestion protocol or the candida protocol, the less you eat, the better. But I don't usually say that outright because... 
you don't always need to fast, but yeah, the less you eat, the less pressure you're putting on your digestion system. It just, it's total common sense. Yeah. And if carbs feed fungus, then regardless, you need to get rid of the carbs, at least a lot of them. And it's the sugar. That's the main, main carb and glutens get rid of those main carbs. For me, for fungus, you can still eat rice and stuff. But in the video, I recommend leaning mostly towards vegetables, vegetables, meat, eggs, stuff that doesn't have a lot of carbs in it as the basis of your meals. And the fungus should go away after a couple of months. Like I said, candida is more serious. It can come raging back. Fungus usually, it just goes away more or less slowly. And then you can keep it up for a bit and it should be totally gone. And obviously don't go back to eating junk food or you might get fungus again. But yeah, you can use fasting, but just because fasting will be decreasing your calories, but it's not calories that are the real problem. It's carbs, but still for a lot of people, food is synonymous with carbs, right? They eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner full of carbs. So you skip a couple of those meals, you're going to be greatly reducing your carb intake, but you should do that consciously. You should reduce your carb intake. I don't really care if you fast or not is kind of my more uh, sincere answer. Whatever protocol you're doing of ours, I don't really care if you fast or not. If you do, then it should help but you don't have to. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, sorry, you were saying about the testimonial? Yeah, I've just got one here about diatomaceous earth. It's another one sent in from the Instagram from Catherine. Hi, Ryan. I had to message my story on food grade diatomaceous earth this week. I bought DE several months ago after you talked about it. Woke up Monday with a stomach bug or something. Not sure. Stomach hurt. Diarrhea. Tuesday morning, 1 a.m., the pain in my stomach had me bent over. I remembered I had DE. I used a teaspoon in a bottle of water, drank three swigs, and the pain stopped instantly. And that's a very small dose, by the way. I usually recommend two to three heaping tablespoons, not a teaspoon. So I recommend like six times this amount. But hey, pain stopped instantly. I was shocked. LOL. I was headed to the ER before I tried this. Diarrhea stopped as well. Anyways, thanks for talking about it. I don't know what the DE did, but it was a miracle Tuesday evening. So it stopped their pain and diarrhea basically immediately. So that's good. Just a little testimonial there. If you didn't know, I don't sell diatomaceous earth. I don't care where you buy it from. Been recommending it for years. When I helped open a store, we sold tons of it. Hundreds of pounds of diatomaceous earth. It's very cheap. You can buy it anywhere. Get the food grade. Don't use any metal with it because diatomaceous earth operates on an electric charge and it attracts bad stuff to it. It attracts gunk and uh, toxins and pathogens to it. 
So they said, I don't know why it helped. Well, maybe it was a, a bug that was causing their pain and diarrhea. Maybe it was a, a food-borne pathogen and the diatomaceous earth killed it. That would be my main guess if they got a result that quickly. So that's great. And yeah, for fungus, same thing. You put it in the body to just start pulling stuff out, pulling waste out of the digestion system and moving it out of the system or killing pathogens. Fungus is a pathogen. I know it looks like it's existing on the skin, but if you've got fungus poking out all the way to the skin, you've got it on the inside too. And diatomaceous earth, I don't know, nobody fully understands these shell powders. Diatomes are little shell creatures, single-celled shell creatures. So this is micro shells crushed into powder. And other shell powders are also antimicrobial and stuff. And yeah, science doesn't really understand it. We don't know. It has a seek and destroy mission for bad stuff. You put it in the body and it can help you. So it's definitely part of the fungus protocol for sure. And yeah, I agree. Everyone should have it in their house. This person said, hey, I just remembered I had diatomaceous earth in the house. Well, great reason to have it in the house. If you have any stomach pain or a tickle in the throat or yeah, food poisoning, anything like that, diatomaceous earth is the first thing that you grab. I have two questions here, but they sort of, I think they're going to relate to the same thing. Um, one person asks, what is good for receding gums and bone loss? Dentist wants to take a lot of teeth out. And the other one is, can they reverse cavities? What do you have to say about that? Well, I did also make a uh, tooth protocol. It's just coincidentally, I happened to make those two videos very recently, the tooth protocol and the candida protocol. So they can check that video out because, yeah, I do have a, a protocol to save teeth from needing cavities filled or from needing root canals you can reverse a cavity much better to deal with it than to deal with a filling fillings are absolutely toxic no matter what type of filling you get they are all toxic ask a dentist who knows about the root canal problem and who knows about the uh, problems with dental amalgams and they'll tell you i don't want something in my mouth if i can at all help it so yeah follow the tooth protocol you can watch that video for it uh, it's pretty much just swishing around antimicrobial stuff in the mouth. You've got different options. You could use coconut oil, organic. You could use diatomaceous earth once again. You could use salt. You could use colloidal silver. You could use ginger, chew ginger up and leave it tucked up against that area. And there's other antimicrobial plants as well. That's basically all it is, is putting a lot of time into putting antimicrobial things in the mouth and leaving them there long enough to kill the cavity or kill the infection that's causing you to need a root canal. And we've had many, many cases confirmed where they don't need these things anymore. Tooth protocol is very simple. You don't need to buy anything for it. Receding gums is nutrient deficiency. One of the oldest deficiencies known is vitamin C, scurvy, bleeding gums, receding gums, painful gums, swollen gums. All that is vitamin C deficiency. It's probably going to be other nutrients deficient as well. If you're low on vitamin C, you're probably low on other nutrients as well. Vitamin D is another one of those that's directly involved in gum health. Because gums are considered hard tissue, just like teeth, gums, teeth, bones, they're all made of the same basic stuff. And that's basically calcium and its cofactors. And vitamin D is one of those critical cofactors for calcium. So that's, that's pretty much it. And this would be the same as any mouth problem, basically, or tooth problem. I want to ask a question for a pregnant woman. She's asking about how to prevent hard stool. And I also want to follow up with that, basically how to allow women to have like healthy bowel movements when they're pregnant, because I, I know they take vitamins that actually make their stool hard. So do you have any suggestions? Yeah, let me just add something to the 
tooth quickly. I didn't mention sugar. A lot of people would think that sugar actually causes cavities. I did write about this in my book, Everything You Should Know About Healthy Blood Sugar, went into much more detail, that sugar is not actually the enemy itself. Sugar just exacerbates nutrient deficiencies. So I eat sugar now and then. I'm probably going to make some cookies today or some muffins or something like that. I don't have any cavities at all because those are nutrient deficiencies. If I take sugar, I have to increase my nutrient intake as well. I already take enough to cover the bases. I'll take a little bit more if I'm going to eat something sweet. So it's not sugar that causes these problems themselves, but sugar is exacerbating an already nutrient deficient food supply, makes it worse. And there's nutrients that were in the sugar cane or whatever that were stripped out and processing too. So you get more of a double whammy there. Too much sugar, not enough nutrients to process it. Okay, pregnant women and hard stool. And a lot of these supplements have iron and I think iron causes hard stool. I know hydration is very important, right? Drinking a lot of bone broth also when you're pregnant is part of like hydrating your body and giving it its nutrients. Women also get hemorrhoids when they're pregnant. And I think that's part of also having like hard stool and stuff like that. So what else? Well, hemorrhoids are also connective tissue. You talked about broth. It could also help prevent uh, stretch marks as well, having bone broth all the way through pregnancy. Everybody should have bone broth all the time anyway. So that's a standard recommendation. It's a, one of the most healthy foods that you could possibly consume. The longest of populations, they all consume broths. So yeah, we make broths too. Yeah, that could help prevent all kinds of uh, connective tissue problems. And hemorrhoids are connective tissue problems. They're basically varicose veins in a funny place. And... What do you think about magnesium? You kind of told me, you know, if you take magnesium, you have to take calcium. But I do feel like magnesium actually helps having a healthy um, bowel movement. Magnesium can cause diarrhea and can cause runny stools. So, so can vitamin C. Uh, don't want to dissuade no, well, anyone from taking these things when no, they're no, in no, balance. No. What I'm saying is it helps you have a healthy bowel movement because, like I said, when you have hard stool, right, you end up getting hemorrhoids. So magnesium and calcium are both needed. And yes, magnesium helps. Well, it's involved in all muscle relaxation. So as your body is pushing food through the system, there's a, a peristolic muscle movement. It's called peristolic. It's like when you run your fingers through a balloon, right? And to tie it and make it into balloon animals, right? Think of that pressing across the balloon. That's kind of how things move through your muscle system. It is your intestines and you, there's all these tiny, tiny little muscles moving things through in a peristolic wave. So you need calcium and magnesium for all those muscle contractions, calcium and relaxations, magnesium. So if, if you don't have enough of either of them, then you could have muscle problems throughout the body, including getting food out of the system properly. And yes, magnesium does help with proper elimination, but we always recommend taking calcium and magnesium together. We need more calcium than magnesium. So we give it in the proper ratio. Our bone and joint product very commonly helps people go to the bathroom properly, whether it was one way or the other, if it was too hard or too soft, they had diarrhea all the time, or they had constipation all the time, giving them both calcium and magnesium typically fixes it. And for those listening who know our products, Cal Toddy has twice the amount of magnesium as OsteoFX. So if I do suspect a magnesium deficiency, then I will be recommending uh, Cal Toddy instead, just to give that extra magnesium still with a strong dose, same dose of calcium. So yeah, your muscles can have enough to work properly. And yeah, your stools need that as well. But other than that, having healthy probiotic colonies, basically doing the digestion protocol. A lot of these women, they eat 
a lot of food when they're pregnant. We all know already, you guys know, that mineral deficiencies cause cravings called pica in animals, where the animal starts eating the barn and stuff. They start eating dirt and all this. The farmer's supposed to give them a trace mineral salt block and bone meal. So calcium and salt basically are the big nutrients here that cause cravings, rampant cravings. Those nutrient demands go way up when a woman's pregnant. As I said, across the board, pregnant women need more of all nutrients. So therefore, they're going to be more nutrient deficient than they were before. If they're still eating from the grocery store, you're going to be more nutrient deficient. So women get more nutrient deficient. They get more cravings. They eat more food. And typically, it's junk food. So they're probably eating a bunch of stuff like gluten and sugar and all this other stuff that is messing up their digestion system. And if they did it properly, according to us, they would never, ever be eating the glutens. They would be off the processed sugar completely as well. They'd have healthy digestion all the time because they'd be consuming enough probiotics all the time and so on and so on. So they shouldn't have rampant changes. They shouldn't have any large changes when they're pregnant. There shouldn't be any massive upsets. With Sherry's question here, I'm also going to add to this. Uh, someone's asked, what package is best for pregnant women? Do you recommend a certain package or supplements to take? Similar to cancer. We give everyone the same information. Get off all the bad foods, get on all 90 essential nutrients, at least at a baseline. That's our stance with anyone. If you have a serious problem, you want to take it more seriously. And if you're pregnant, in my opinion, and I'm biased here, I'll tell you why. If you're pregnant, in my opinion, you should take it incredibly seriously, at least for the time that you're pregnant and breastfeeding. And why I'm biased about this is because I was born with birth defects. Luke, you knew me back when I was a mess. You know, I could barely turn my head or my whole body. I was stiff man, like basically. You're a tin man. Tin man. And this is when we were children. We went to high school together. So I was uh, not a stiff man. I was a stiff boy. Stiff boy syndrome. So I would never wish that upon anyone. I missed my childhood, basically. I couldn't play childhood sports or wrestle with the boys or do many fun things. I had to opt out and sit on the sidelines because I was scared of breaking a bone, literally, from doing nothing. I broke my arm just swinging a golf club and hitting the ground. Broke my arm. So... I was too fragile to do most things, and I wouldn't wish any birth defect on anyone. I don't know if you've ever had to deal with people with cerebral palsy and stuff who are strapped to a wheelchair and wear a diaper their whole life and all this stuff. Nobody wants this. So, you know, it's not just about you and your health. If you are going to become pregnant or planning to become pregnant, or even if you're sexually active at all, this is one of the most strong points of our movement here that we emphasize the most, that we can eliminate most birth defects immediately immediately if every woman of childbearing age and men because the sperm can be damaged by free radicals and stuff like that too you could be delivering sperm that is has damaged dna in it but we'll put that aside every woman who's sexually active if they remained on all 90 essential nutrients all the time didn't need gluten so they can absorb all these nutrients properly and got off processed foods in general birth defects would be practically eliminated there still will be cases of uh, poisons and drug addicts and stuff like that but in general, we could eliminate most birth defects, including people like me. Who had the first 25 years of my life basically stolen from me, couldn't enjoy it, couldn't appreciate it, and spent much of it in pain, muscle pain, stomach pain, head pain, migraines, all that stuff doesn't need to happen. No child needs to be born with arthritis like I was or with dislocated hips like I was or like Tourette's like Wallach was, Dr. Wallach. You know, he was born with severe birth defects as well. So women... If they're listening and if they're asking us for advice at all, if they're pregnant, we hope that they take the message more seriously. 
Again, same bad food list we give to everyone, but the young, healthy people pick and choose what they believe and what they don't believe. The serious people with serious problems should take it more seriously to get the best results and to completely avoid birth defects. Same thing. So the baseline is the bare minimum, but pregnant women, just like a cancer patient, should do more than the bare minimum. Basically, everything that I say about cancer, you could do that when you're pregnant. You could do that when you're pregnant. You could do all that stuff. You could avoid EMF all the time. You should do that anyways. You, know, you can move your circulation around all the time. You should do that anyways. And all 90 essential nutrients, extra of the key ones, right? I would round the body weight up. You're 140 pounds before you started. I'd be starting to take a 200 pound dose of everything all the way through pregnancy. That's it. Round the body weight up. Do you need extra special nutrients? No, you don't. Our baseline program blows every prenatal vitamin I've ever seen out of the water. And they're usually not cheap at the grocery store and the pharmacy. Prenatals are not cheap. Our basic products, like when I say cover the baseline, that means I'm not adding extra zinc, not adding extra selenium. I'm not adding extra zinc. It would be smart to do those things, extra vitamin D, etc. But our baseline program covers almost everything and... It blows every other prenatal out of the water. So just being on the baseline, I'm, I'm very happy with that. But yeah, pregnant women, if there's any time to take the message the most serious, it's right now. So you can prevent birth defects because you can't undo them. I also want to point out that you're absolutely right. But also because it's for the woman herself as well, because after we do give birth, we our bodies go through horrendous changes, right? Because our hormones are really high and then they come crashing and then physically, we feel so depleted and mentally. So to do that way before is, an, is amazing to have all these nutrients in you because you won't suffer after you actually give birth as well. So you want to be healthy. You want to do these things for the baby, but also you want to do these things for yourself as well. So, you know, you can prevent those crazy changes that we go through that actually uh, make us suffer. I just want to point that out that it, uh, the woman's health is very important as well as the babies. Yeah, thank you for that. I, f I fully framed this just about the child because I was one of those children. So I, like I said, I'm biased towards the child aspect of this. Don't do this to the baby. You know, if there's any time to take this seriously, and if there's any reason to do it, it's for the baby because they don't deserve birth defect. No one does. So, yeah, but then there's also the woman, of course. So my mom had postpartum depression. Uh, my dad said that she was a different woman, basically. She became a different woman. And I know that she was uh, basically mentally and, and physically, because of the mental issues, absent for much of my life until she got on the program. And it wasn't right away that she just snapped back into it. It's after a few years of really taking all the products. She didn't change the way she ate or anything, but she fixed her osteoporosis pretty quick. Bone density is up. That's nutrient deficiency. And then over time, she started to come back to life. And both of you guys know my mom. You know, she's kind of she's kind of out there. She's uh, a bit high energy, very opinionated and can speak very loudly and all this stuff. Well, that's the opposite of the woman that I grew up with. Right? The woman I grew up with was not outgoing, did not have much to say, all that stuff. But now she's got real energy, real life. You could see it in her eyes and everything like that. So, but it's not just postpartum depression that's a problem. A lot of people have heard of that, but there's also postpartum diabetes is a big problem. Postpartum mm -hmm. osteoporosis is a big problem. Postpartum cancer is a big problem. Breast cancers specifically. You know, women that are more likely to get all these different diseases after pregnancy because pregnancy is the single biggest nutrient load that you'll ever have. 
women already have less nutrients than men. All things being equal, women have less nutrients than men. First of all, because they listen to doctors. That's not good. Women start listening to doctors at a younger age. So they start taking birth control, you know, over-the-counter painkillers, aspirin, stuff like that. They start taking antibiotics younger. They just start taking more drugs younger. And birth control in particular really drains a lot of nutrients, especially B vitamins and magnesium. But the more you look into individual nutrients, I'm sure I'll revise that, you know, and say, actually, it depletes this nutrient too, this one, this one, because the more that people look at this, they discover more nutrients being depleted by birth control. It's a well-known, massive problem. And women bleed as soon as they start to menstruate, they start losing essential nutrients. All the essential nutrients are floating around in the blood. The body goes through massive effort to maintain the homeostasis of the blood, all the nutrient levels, it works harder than anything to maintain the blood. It'll pull nutrients from elsewhere in the body to maintain the blood. So women, again, all things being equal, even if they don't take doctor's advice and they don't take drugs, they're still more nutrient deficient than men because they bleed as well. Then you add childbirth onto that and you've got massive nutrient depletion because you're building a baby, you're building a human in the body. So everything that you could possibly need to build a body is being given to the body, to the baby, and it takes it away from the woman. This is a musical chairs situation if we don't have enough nutrients in the food supply. We're saying everyone's deficient in something already, period. No matter what you eat, no matter who you are, no matter where you live. If you're in the modern world at all, you're not in one of the blue zones, it is an absolute guarantee that you're deficient in something. If you're a woman, it's basically a guarantee, if you're not supplementing or anything, that you're going to be more deficient than the man who's sitting next to you. If you eat all the same things, you sleep the same amount, you're the exact same body weight, everything, the woman's going to be more deficient. So yeah, do this for the woman as well. Morning sickness too, and all the discomfort and all this stuff, back pain, all this is nutrient deficiencies. You know, morning sickness, usually just a glass of salt water fixes it. I do this all the time with people and B vitamins more specifically. If they got on the full 90, I expect the morning sickness to go right away. And if they have any little bit of it left, have some salt water, and that usually knocks the rest of it out. And again, the back pain, electrolyte deficiency, basically, you're being drained because you're building a baby, not because of extra weight. And it can stop relatively quickly. But headaches, migraines, all this stuff too. It's basically all the normal small symptoms that we expect from people. Pregnant women are likely to get all of them. And if they're not supplementing, then nothing corrects that after birth. Yeah. Now you've got longer standing deficiencies that can turn into more serious problems postpartum. So yeah, do it for the woman, do it for the child too. And you don't need to stay on super high doses like that 140 pound person I spoke of earlier, hypothetically, they don't need to round their body weight up to 200 pounds all the time. But I do, I round my body weight up, I'm about 160 something and I round it up to 200, take a 200 pound dose. Well, since we're talking about uh, eating and stuff, someone's asked, what does a day of eating look like for you? Okay, I'll talk about that. Let me read the uh, last testimony I had saved here first. This one is uh, short. I think this is from an older woman, middle-aged or older. I'm not sure. Again, this is out of context. It's just an email, but I think I remember her and I think she's middle-aged or older. Hello again. I've been taking the recommended supplements and I'm happy to say I've had a massive, that's in capitals, massive decrease in back, hip, and knee pain. My back used to start killing me 30 minutes into any drive. Now I can drive for six plus hours with no pain at all. That's all there is to it. Just pain. Just a little pain testimonial there. Massive decrease in back, hip, and knee pain. Like I said before, I don't know exactly what program she's on, but I do recognize her. I think she's on one of our regular packs with the 90 essential nutrients in it. Maybe a blood sugar pack or something with extra blood sugar support in it. But 
I expect any of our basic packs to have enough of those bone and joint nutrients, which also are involved in muscles, bone, joint, muscles, teeth, all the same nutrients are involved. And I had massive back pain as well and uh, neck pain. And they went away very, very quickly because you don't need to regrow a knee to fix pain. Pain is usually one of the fastest results that we get. It's not guaranteed to be that fast. If they need to lose a lot of weight and so on, you know, it might take a bit longer, but in general, pain can go away very, very quickly. And it looks like it did for her. And yeah, about driving, she just mentioned too. Yeah, I used to really hate driving. I would be so uncomfortable doing it because I had the stiff boy syndrome. It was really painful. And now, yeah, I can also drive for six plus hours. Absolutely no problem. My butt will get sore and I'll get bored and irritated. And my car Bluetooth doesn't turn off. That annoys me. I feel drained energetically, but my back doesn't hurt. Not at all. Can drive all day and not have my back hurt. So that's the last little testimonial I saved there today. Just had nowhere else to uh, share them. So now they're shared. And what do you eat, Ryan? We want to know what you eat every day. Yeah, people want to know this. And I think they're expecting fancy stuff. Like, I think they're expecting like, superfoods and you know fresh fruits and all this stuff well long before i got into the health world i believed that we should eat locally as much as possible since i spent half my time in northern canada and half my time in texas that changes for me but when i'm up here in canada i do not like to buy things that are not made in canada i really don't an exception is rice which of course we can store large amounts of it for a long time And I do buy dates from overseas as well, dates and figs. But the bulk of my diet is local meat and supplements, eggs as well, eggs, meat, supplements. And we do eat some vegetables, been trying to do even more lately, like um, cruciferous vegetables, mostly Brussels sprouts and cabbage are two of my favorites. I also like the asparagus and broccoli and stuff like that. That'd be the main thing that I go out of my way to try and incorporate in my diet. I almost never buy fruits unless they're the dried fruits that I mentioned. And I'm actually looking at buying some fruit trees back here this year. We're going to put a couple apple trees in and a cherry tree and a plum tree. Even though we're very far north, they can survive up here. We apparently need two apple trees to pollinate each other. I'm not sure about any of this getting into it now. But but yeah, I said supplements because one of the reasons I love what we do, the products that Longevity makes is that they're based on whole food components. They're based on superfoods that are kind of freeze-dried, like coffee crystals. And then the vitamins and minerals are added in with that as well. So when we put a scoop of our crystal stuff, the tangy tangerine or any of our products that are made on this whole food basis, when we put them back in water, it reconstitutes the food components. So we're not only getting the vitamins and minerals, we're also getting all these exotic plant compounds, these superfood compounds. Like I don't eat the superfood itself. I don't buy moringa and eat it, you know, or acai berry. I don't buy any of that. But all that stuff is in the products in a very concentrated form as well. So we're getting the flavonoids. We're getting the bioflavonoids. These are exotic antioxidants, basically, you know, like lycopene from tomato and quercetin from onions and garlic, or resveratrol from red wine, all these are various flavonoids and bioflavonoids. We call these vitamins, but it's a very loose group of plant nutrients. So we take these supplements with all these different things in it, not just the 90th century nutrients. It has all these food components as well. So therefore, I really don't feel the need to get very much else in my diet. And almost no fruit is grown locally here. 
Even the apples that are grown here in Canada are waxed. And I just don't want to support these. I don't want to buy any fake foods at all. And fruits and vegetables, it might look wholesome, but the fruit and vegetable industry sucks. And I don't want to pay for the organic versions. At the very least, I buy frozen foods now and then, frozen uh, fruits and vegetables now and then. But basically, it's those cruciferous vegetables. And again, we're here in Canada, lots of winter stuff, stuff that's good year round, like potatoes and squash, you know, onions, garlic. We have, we have a lot of that stuff. We cook with a lot of that stuff. But traditionally, again, I tend to think of people eating a whole bunch of berries and stuff. And we eat berries in the berry season. Actually, it's been a very good berry season so far. They're already blooming right now. We just transported some blueberry bushes into our backyard. Stoked about that. But the normal day is rice and meat and eggs and maybe some dates later on. That's, that's it. It's very, very simple. Lots of spices. You know, we're always spicing it up and changing it. But that's, many, the, uh... that's the basis of it. It's very, very boring. It's very, very repetitive as well. But I also don't get crazy cravings. I'm here by myself right now. I'm too lazy to do much. You know, I should be eating two meals a day. I don't even care to. Not even bothered by it. Got my supplements. Got some meat. Got some eggs. Got a bag of rice. I really don't need much unless my body starts craving green vegetables. And right now in the summer season, I think we should naturally start to crave fruits and berries. And what do you know? They are ripening right now. So I'm going to be eating more and more of them until the end of the season. How many eggs and how much meat do you eat every day? I don't eat eggs every single day. But when I'm with my wife, she does force me to eat more eggs. And so th then it's like, yeah, three, three a day, I think, is what she normally gives me. And like I said, when I'm by myself, I usually only make one meal a day. So I don't really bother. I might do some baking later. I'll use some eggs. But it's not a huge amount of eggs. And hopefully that doesn't sound hypocritical because we really emphasize eggs for people. It's like the main healing food. People come to us with a problem. We recommend eating eggs. And that's because you want to heal something. So you want a lot of eggs for that cholesterol. It could be like eight to 10 eggs a day if you have a serious problem like MS or something or uh, autism or Alzheimer's, some kind of brain thing, epilepsy. You need to repair the nervous system. You need lots of good fats because the nervous system's largely made of fat. But me, I'm not trying to heal anything. I do love eggs, you know, but I don't need to consume that much of them. We need cholesterol. And I do. We eat chicken, we eat beef. I eat the skins. We buy bags of skins too. This is kind of a weird thing. But oh boy, I've been loving doing it. In the last uh, six months or so, eight months, we figured out that we could buy bags of chicken skins because the grocery store buys the boneless, skinless chickens, right? What happens to the skin? Well, they make their way through wholesalers. And yeah, we figured out we could buy these big bags of chicken skins for only three bucks Canadian. It's like nothing. It's like two bucks American for a whole bag of chicken skins. So we make them into chips. We bake them into chips. It's one of my favorite foods now. It's amazing. All that connective tissue and everything. Yeah, it sounds like it's mostly carnivore, but it's not. I don't want people to think it's carnivore. It's not. Definitely eat onions, garlic as a mainstay. Potatoes as well. And other, again, year-round vegetables that we have up here. And all that stuff that's in our supplements that we take every single day. Lots of those are super juice components and have all these exotic nutrients again. So I don't feel the need to eat the rainbow because we're basically supplementing with the rainbow. And then you just need some food. And by okay. the way, even when we make cookies, because I, I do, we didn't have an oven here for years, by the way, we live without an oven, we only had a stovetop propane, but now we got an oven about a year ago. So we've kind of overdone it a little bit on the baking. But I've, I've learned I really like baking, actually. And I'm pretty good at it, actually. But I tried to do every recipe that we have 
in our cookbook, by the way, anyone who doesn't know, we have this huge cookbook, all 100% gluten-free and oil-free. It's following Dr. Wallach's guidelines. It's called Dr. Wallach's Cooking Without the Bad Foods. A lot of the recipes we included in there for the cookie sections and stuff, and we tell you this in the book. We say, this is how much sugar you should use so that your chocolate chip cookies taste like you remember. It's going to be a familiar chocolate chip cookie. But we also say you can experiment with lowering the sugar. So anytime I bake, I follow our recipe, but I try and get the sugar down as low as possible. I've got some recipes where it called for a cup of sugar for the whole batch of cookies, and I've got it down to a quarter cup and not even notice the difference, right? Maybe I'll put a bit of honey in it. Maybe I'll put some dates in it. But just to round out your question there, I do like baking treats, especially the bread and and the cookies, and also use low temperature, by the way. Uh, Sugar burns at 350 degrees Fahrenheit, so... We've been experimenting with baking everything down at 300 and it can take a long time. It can take more than twice as long to bake your cookies or bread, but you're not burning the sugar. So you actually have a much healthier product at the end of it. Like I said, in bread already, you don't need to use that much sugar and I can cut that in half still. I could use only uh, a tablespoon for the whole loaf of bread and it's fine. No problem. And if you bake it down at 300, then the sugar doesn't burn and the butter won't burn either at 300. That's one of the reasons we, we bake down there. And yeah, I like baking cookies with the almond butter as well. I consider that a healthy ingredient too. Hopefully it doesn't have the same mold on it that the peanuts would mentioned earlier. Almond butter, a little bit of sugar, some egg, lots of spices like cinnamon. My favorite, of course, a little bit of nutmeg, a little bit of allspice. Both of these are, and and other ones, they're very powerful spices in their own right for having these other extra exotic nutrients that are in these spices too. You know, spices are the number one way to keep your foods interesting and make them healthier. Just add on nutrients onto your foods. And again, a lot of those nutrients, science doesn't even fully have them figured out. Okay, I have another one here since it's uh, seasons are changing. Uh, excessive mucus due to seasonal allergies. What is the protocol for that? Unfortunately, it's not a quick fix. Seasonal allergies are not caused by anything short term. They're caused by long term nutrient deficiencies. Already mentioned those fatty nutrients earlier. Those are the main immune nutrients, or the fatty nutrients. Vitamins D, E, A, and K, selenium, zinc, the omegas, especially omega-3, cholesterol. These are the key immune nutrients. Of course, there's also vitamin C. There's there's lots of them that we could talk about. Talked about calcium already. If you're calcium deficient, you are going to be producing more histamine, actually, which is one of the markers that there's sort of a, a, an inflammatory response going on, extra histamine, that happens with calcium deficiency, first of all. So it can look like you're having an immune reaction from some kind of antagonist, and it's actually just calcium deficiency. But in general, it's the fatty nutrients that are the most important. And you can't just correct these deficiencies today. If you took all of them right now and go outside, you're going to still have a reaction to the pollen or the grass or the cat, dog, hair, whatever it is, because... It just takes time to top your immune system up. Most commonly, people start the program now, and then they tell us in six months or a year, literally six months or a year, they say, this year, I didn't have my allergies. You know, six months later, hey, I can now pet my sister's cat without getting a reaction. Six months later, not next week, not six weeks, not 90 days. It just takes longer than that to fully top up the immune system. And the good news is none of these are actual allergies, right? They call them seasonal allergies. It's not a real allergy. If it was a real allergy, you need an EpiPen for it. So these are what I call environmental sensitivities. 
and you're just sensitive because you're generally low on multiple immune nutrients. It takes a while to top them up. Already mentioned eggs. I would eat lots of eggs. You could say a variety of foods, sure, but I already said in my own life, I don't actually eat a huge variety of food. Variety is not an important component of my diet at all, but I do get that variety in the supplements. The supplements are made not just with the nutrients. They're made with tons of different food components so that we get all these different exotic plant nutrients in them. So I would say get on the 90, get off the bad foods, right? Get off of the gluten so that you can absorb the fatty nutrients because the main nutrients that gluten interferes with are the fatty nutrients. And those are the main ones you need for your immune system. The other bad foods have messed up your system as well, but it's gluten is the most important being on a baseline dose of the 90 essential nutrients. And that's it. Next year, next season, you shouldn't get them. There's nothing that will fix it right now. The best you can do is suppress symptoms right now, right? I mentioned histamine earlier. Well, they give you an antihistamine so that you aren't having that immune response, but that doesn't stop the actual cause. You're just masking the symptoms. Well, that's good to know. I don't know if we have time today in this podcast, but maybe the other one, another one, or maybe you have a video, but someone has asked, could you go through the individual 90 separately and discuss each one and their functions? Yeah, that's way too much to do here. In Maybe fact, we can do it on the next one, but I did like the question, so I just had to throw it out there. Yeah, so I've, I've been working since like uh, 2016, I think. I started compiling what I'm now finally formalizing into a book about the 90th century nutrients. So 2016, that was uh, seven years ago. <laughs> so I've been compiling all this. It's uh, I've got hundreds of pages basically of notes right now. That's a rough form of a book. And just my point in saying is that there is a heck of a lot to say on each nutrient. And that that's even just the main ones that everyone knows about. Like nobody disputes that the B vitamins are essential or vitamin C or calcium or iron or zinc. You know, these big ones, just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages that we could talk about each individual one. It's very hard to sum them all up. Sometimes we call out the most important ones and we called out many of them today. I did record something recently. I mentioned earlier, the mental health episode. I just posted that. That does go into specific detail on many of the B vitamins. Uh, I've got deep dives here as well on vitamin C and D. And those are each like an hour episode each, right? The mental health one is two hours long and it goes through this whole book that talks about many of them, not all of the essential nutrients, but we very easily spent two hours doing it on that podcast. So yeah, that's why I never answered that on the Instagram. And I couldn't possibly give a a, a succinct answer for that. Once you crack that jar open, we can talk details forever, essentially. As I said, science doesn't even have all this stuff figured out. You, We could talk about vitamin A for well over an hour easily, just off the top of the head. You know, there's multiple different forms of vitamin A. I'm not going to go into full detail. I'll just give you a give you a little hint here. Uh, vitamin A, it's not just the retinols and there's not just one retinol. There's a bunch of different retinols that are called vitamin A collectively. It's kind of confusing. And then there's also pro vitamins. Those are the carotenes, uh, alpha carotene. Most people know beta carotene because it's the one that most uh, efficiently converts into, into retinols in your body. So just that one vitamin alone, there's actually multiple different forms of it. And there's a pro vitamin that can convert into it in the body. One of them comes from animals. One of them comes from plants. They both have slightly different uh, ways that they work in the body. This is just one nutrient. And so, no, I can't do all 90 essential nutrients. 
you can, we, uh, you can study for the rest of your life on the individual nutrients and you will never get through even a fraction of it. I've been spending many years studying individual nutrients and still it is the smartest way to think of them in groups and to think of all 90 essential nutrients. Honestly, the more I study specific nutrients, the more comfortable I am with our general message that, hey, we just shorthanded say, hey, all these things work together. You don't need to know the details about all the 90 essential nutrients. They all work together. You start to look into them and then, you know, one B vitamin could cause this symptom. Oh, wait, another B vitamin could cause that symptom too. Oh, and a mineral deficiency could cause that symptom too. Oh, there's multiple symptoms that could be caused by multiple nutrients because they all work together and many of them work in similar ways. It's tremendously confusing. It is much, much easier to just remember, hey, we need tons of these nutrients. Hey, it's very smart to stay topped up on all of them all the time, regardless of what's in your food supply. If there's extra in your food, that's fantastic. And that's it. So you don't want to get caught up in the details. Dr. Wallach does not want to help me on that book, by the way, the 90 essential nutrients. He doesn't want to collaborate in any way because he doesn't like focusing too much attention on the individuals. And it is easy to do when you start talking about the individual nutrients. It's easy to get excited. Sherry was just telling me before you got on here, Luke, that she's been studying vitamin D just by itself and seeing all the benefits of it and all that. I promise you start to looking into any individual nutrient, you'll get excited about taking it. But you just need to know that they all work together. It makes no sense to go out and buy them all individually. We take them all in groups. That's why we have packages that have so many different nutrients in it, because there are so many that are essential and even non-essential that have such incredible benefit. It just makes total sense to take them together. It would make absolutely no financial or practical sense to try and split them all up to learn about them individually or to supplement with them individually. You can learn about individual nutrients. You know, we do go into individuals in some cases, but I am always worried that people are getting lost on the main message that, hey, we need all these things. Don't get excited about calcium and selenium and just take those. They all work together. And our confidence goes through the roof when we have all the nutrients together. Do we, uh, through any of your books that you publish, do you break down any individual nutrients? That someone can buy and read? Not yet, because I have been working on the 90th Century Nutrient book for that, this textbook for that, because mm. the other books are about the general message. It, it does talk about some specifics, but not in textbook detail, not, not in deep dive detail. Like I said, I have been doing that here on the podcast. I've got a vitamin D episode up, a C episode up, and I've got a calcium episode recorded. It's not posted yet. It will be soon. Maybe by the time this is released, that will be posted. And I'll keep doing deep dives like that. I've got a magnesium one lined up. The mental health episode dive deep into a bunch of different nutrients, especially B vitamins. So I'm going to keep doing it in my career here. I am going to release the 90th century nutrient textbook, and that's going to be it. You know, I'm just going to refer to that forever. <laughs> so you need to buy the book if you want the individual deep dives, because I've had to read you know, hundreds of other health books and put all this stuff together because it usually is pretty sporadic. And yeah, no, in my books right now, you cannot find that. Closest thing to it is the book I released with Dr. Wallach earlier this year, Primates, Medical and Surgical Management. It's a textbook. You can find it on my website, notusbooks.org. Primates, Medical and Surgical Management. It does go into the basics of the main nutrients that primates need, same as human beings. I know we're talking about monkeys and apes and stuff, but it's the same nutrients. It does not go through all 90 essential nutrients. It just goes through the main ones. Okay. Those are the best questions I have for today. I don't know, Sherry, do you have anything that you want to add for today? No, I think we went through too much. I think this is enough. Yeah. <laughs> podcast. 
I think so as well. I just want to mention that when it comes to the super trace minerals too, things become less clear. Like the trace minerals that we need in tiny, tiny amounts, like micro amounts and, and nano amounts, you know, parts per million, parts per billion. Things start to get weird down there because science doesn't know how to fully study them. Basically, it's very hard to even get complete trace mineral free animal foods, for example, to study it in labs. And then when you get the rare earth minerals, which we need in super trace amounts, the rare earth minerals, not everyone agrees that they're completely essential. You know, they find the animal studies compelling where they're doubling lifespans with them and stuff. But very few mainstream sources consider rare earths to be essential at all. But we would just talk about them all as a group, basically. That's one group where I wouldn't even bother talking about them individually. And when they're studied, again, they, they don't typically study them one by one. So you can only talk about that whole group as a group. And same with like the B vitamins too. Even though we can go into them individually, it makes most sense to think of them as a group of nutrients. And yeah, no, no more detail for today on that. That's for uh, deep dive recordings. And yeah, stay tuned on the podcast. There's more deep dives to come. I will go more and more into individual nutrients. Just don't get too excited about individual nutrients. You always got to have the cofactors. That means all 90 essential nutrients. And we actually believe there's more than 90 essential nutrients. We just can't prove it at this moment. But it's very likely that there's well over 100 different essential nutrients for maximum genetic expression, maximum lifespan, maximum health. Well, thank you, Sherry. Thank you, Ryan. And I will see you guys next week. Yep. Thank you both for being here. Appreciate you both a ton helping me out and I think helping the audience understand things. Like I said, I don't always know what makes sense and what doesn't. So appreciate you guys being here with me. Enjoy spending the time with you guys as well. Appreciate everybody else for joining and listening. You guys are troopers. This is kind of a long recording. Congratulations. Hope you learned something. Once again, if you have any questions for us, you can do it on Instagram with us. We do questions there, Q&A. We put the question sticker up at least three times a week on the Wallach's Warriors Instagram. You can find that in the description of this video. You can also find all these channels, all of my channels, period. You can find them all on my website, notusbooks.org. I just want to say thank you for having me, and hopefully we could do this again another time as well. Thank you as well. We definitely can. Been trying to step up the podcast because I know these are very, very valuable, especially when we spend an hour or two here going through this. We do the stories all the time on Instagram, but it's too fast. It is good for general understanding, getting people into the fold, you know, giving them those aha moments. But I do want to do more than that. So it's good here with no time limit where we can just we can just dive in get as many uh, questions as we can done. So yeah, I really like this. Once again, I appreciate you guys for joining. Appreciate the audience and we'll see all you next time. Thanks guys. Take care, everybody.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.